Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave, where we talk to incredible people doing incredible things. I love talking bikes, and I'm thankful that you tune in to listen. If you enjoy these conversations, I'd welcome you to rate and review on your favorite pod service and shift up to subscribe. Get it? That was a bike. Anyway, if you really dig and want to support the show, please consider throwing a few bucks my way at buymeacoffee.com. Before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to give a plug to the Iowa Mountain Bike Championship Series. Immediate past director Rob Cook has passed the reins on to the BikeIowa.com racing team and they have lined up a solid series for 2022 with plans for a bigger future. If you haven't been to Iowa to mountain bike, I really think you'd be in for a treat. While not the longest trails on earth, the trails are generally fast and flowy and super fun. Imagine narrow single tracks snaking through the woods, up and down the ravines and through river valleys. Gorgeous trails, super fun. The seven race Iowa Mountain Bike Championship Series, or IMBCS as we like to call it here, lands on a wide variety of trails in Iowa from the Mississippi River Trails near Davenport and the rest of the Quad Cities to the challenging Sugar Bottom Trails near Iowa City. Add in the urban system at Ewing Park in the heart of Des Moines and the extensive trail system at the Private Conservancy of White Rock. There are plenty of other trails from the Missouri River at the Lewis and Clark Overlook to the rugged and rocky trails in the Driftless area of Northeast Iowa. Honestly, while we may not be deemed the mountain bike capital of the world, there are some really fun places to ride that make a visit worth it. Come race the IMBCS for an introduction to some of Iowa's great trails and find the schedule and all the information you need at bikeiowa.com slash IMBCS. And now on to today's show with Liz Van Howling. Today's guest is an old friend of mine. She moved to Des Moines about a decade ago and was quickly integrated into the racing community, mostly on the road, but she did discover dirt while she was here as well. After starting a family with the Des Moines area mountain biker, that's Ryan Van Howling, or RVH as we like to call him, she took some time off and focused on her family and coaching. As you'll hear, her desire to pin a number on led her to the virtual world of Zwift, where she was introduced to a whole new worldwide community of riders. In Zwift, she discovered that she could feed her competitive fire and, well, she got really, really fast. She earned a spot representing the U.S. in the eSport World Championships. I'll let our discussion take it from here. Liz Van Howling, how are you? It's great to see you again. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you bet. I'm excited to catch up and talk about your big race the other day. I don't know, should we do a spoiler alert? Like people know why we're talking here um, after you did the, you know, it's kind of funny. I got to back up a little bit because um, I was looking at, I don't know what I was looking at, results or something. And I'm like, es, espoir, 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 es, oh, esport e-sport dummy it's like an e-bike but e-sport so anyway 
it's a new thing that you're doing here. The eSport World Freaking Championships. You represented Team USA and were the top finisher for Team USA, finishing fifth on the wide angle podium. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's a whole new discipline. It is a whole new discipline, a whole new discipline. I go, I mean, I'm old and, you know, we used to throw rollers in the garage or in the basement. We were excited when turbo trainers came out because we didn't have to think so much and we could stand up on our bikes and gosh, things have really changed to um, allow you to race people all over the world at the exact same time. And the exact, like, it's pretty amazing, this technology. So it's fun that it's a whole new sport. It's a whole new discipline. Before we get there though, I kind of want to back up to our relationship. Full disclosure, Liz and I have known each other for when did you move to Des Moines? Quite a long time, at least a dozen years? 2013, so yeah, about that, nine yeah. years. Nine years, God, I would have guessed longer, but um, yeah, that makes about sense. Um, anyway, we met on the road, road riding, Tuesday yeah. Night Worlds, we're like, who's this girl showing up? And uh, you moved here for a job, I'm try- no, for a boy, didn't you? Yeah. You followed a boy here, boy, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and we are all very thankful for that. And then he moved back to Indiana, was it? Yeah, he did. Yep. So you were fast when you showed up here on the road. Uh, you raced in college, right? Yeah. So my family all rode bikes growing up. And then I didn't, my oldest sister started racing when she went to college. And that was kind of my first introduction to actual racing. And I thought it looked cool. So yeah, I ran cross country in high school and then was kind of overrunning by the time I got to college. And I liked that it was just a club team in college. So it was less less pressure, less of a commitment. So just raced on the road all four years there. And then once I moved to Iowa, I raced on the road some. And then uh, my now husband introduced me to more of the dirt side and got more into mountain biking and cyclocross once I actually moved to Iowa. What, where did you go to college? University of Northern Colorado. Nice. So that's a good place to ride, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. That's in Greeley, which is not exactly in the mountains, but all of the other schools in the conference were uh, in cool places. So it was fun to go to the other races and actually get to go ride in the mountains. <laughs> uh, it was club. Did you only race road there? Yeah, I only did road. And okay. like one, I did track just a little bit. Uh, when Collegiate Nationals was in Indiana, where I was from, um, I just decided to buy a track bike and try track racing for a year so that I could do collegiate nationals, but that's, that's all. How'd that go for you? Uh, not well. I did two events, and I uh, false started and got DQ'd in one of them, which was my better one, and then the other one, uh, yeah, was not what I was good at anyway, so. Fair enough. Looking back at that, um, I feel like it's kind of similar to where you are today. Like I I would associate, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, riding on the track similar to chasing avatars on Zwift. Uh, Is there any similarity between between that? Um. Somewhat. I think the the shortness of the races and like the intensity of it and some somewhat how it's a lot a lot of power based and less uh yeah, 
a lot less finesse maybe, but uh, but track racing, I think, I mean, anything in real life just requires so much more bike handling skills and like positioning. I feel like track racing is a lot about positioning and you can't just like power your way to a good position like you can in the virtual world. Um, but sometimes, yeah, going around in circles does feel a little bit like a video game <laughs> after you do it for too long. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can see that. Um, so uh, in between college and today, uh, you spent a lot of time on the road here in Des Moines, um, did some cross racing. I, I do remember, and I have to tell this story, um, at the top of Mount Crumpet at Jingle, I find Liz in a heap on the ground and I think you'd like punched a pedal through your leg or something. Yeah, you had a giant like, hole in your leg. And <laughs> yeah. I, I remember you saying, I'm never racing cross again. Yeah. And then, and you were pretty adamant about it. I think as you're getting stitches down there in the tent at, at uh, the Johnson County Fairgrounds. Uh, but then this year I'm at Jingle and I hear on the PA, I think definitely podium. I think first place, Liz Van Howling. What the heck? You jumped back into cross and you rocked it. Yeah, my my new thing is I'm only going to race cross in nice weather. So what made me get a pedal through my leg was the mud. And I was just walking with my bike and fell over because it was so muddy. So now I've decided as long as I can mostly, you know, stay on my bike, hopefully I'm in a little more control about things like that. But yeah, I just felt like I had really good fitness from Swift Racing and was missing real life racing and, and cross racing is, is actually fairly similar I'd say in uh in like duration and intensity to a lot of the Zwift races so I felt like that would be a good good one to give a, a try this year so yeah jump back into a few cross races and you got your fitness from Zwift for sure I did very few outdoor rides prior to my first cross race <laughs> well I I one of the reasons I was so shocked to hear your voice not because you are without talent or power or skill, but because we haven't seen you out on the road or, or um, out in real life for many years, started a family and that became priority? Yeah, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old now and basically quit riding for five years when I was pregnant and had newborns and that whole deal. And then, yeah, my youngest turned one in August and that December, I decided I needed to take control of my life again and, and kind of have something to, to feel good about. Um, so I wanted to get in shape again and started riding. And my, my brother-in-law, Andy Bach, actually bought me a, um, a gift card or whatever to start Zwift. So I got a free 30-day <laughs> trial from Andy to start racing, to start riding on Zwift. And Initially, I was improving a ton, so it's super motivating to see all the numbers. And uh, I just, yeah, actually, my competitiveness from racing in the real world transferred over to Zwift, and I got a little bit addicted, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. So that was a year and two months ago. Yeah, the so December of twenty twenty. So you really started. dove dove uh, headfirst into Zwift, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you do it all summer? Like, is that where you've been riding? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
my kids, well, the youngest napped for a while. So for a while, I did it during afternoon nap time, which was very convenient. He has since stopped napping, of course, because life could never be that easy. But um, I'm getting up early and trying to ride like before work or before the kids get up. Or uh, sometimes I'll fix them lunch and let them watch a show and then they love it. So they love when mom rides her bike because that means they get to eat and watch a show. That's awesome. Like what are your... Easier than trying to, you know, go outside and spend a half hour getting dressed and pumping tires and all that. So. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely, I'm not on Zwift, I'm on Ruby, but uh, it is just simple. You just, I, I go in my basement, D goes in the basement and we jump on our bikes and it's quick and, and easy and you get a great workout in a short period of time. And, and uh, you know, the converse of that is two hours at least out of your life to get an hour and a half on the road, a lot of which are junk miles, uh, right. getting to where you can actually ride. Um, so yeah, there's, there's um, a, a lot of benefits to the whole Zwift world and the whole trainer world. And you feel connected somewhat when you're on Zwift. Surprisingly so, for riding alone in your basement. <laughs> exactly. Do you have people you ride with? Are there, are there group rides that you intentionally join on a regular basis? Or how's your Zwift world go? Yeah. So shortly after I joined Zwift, or started riding Zwift, I joined ProVision, which was a team out of the UK so that I could race with the Zwift Racing League. And uh, so I did the mixed B um, racing with them for two or three seasons, I can't remember. Um, so that was a really good way to sort of make virtual friends, even if they were, most of them were across the pond. Um, and, and, and they had some pretty experienced Zwift people and different different abilities so I learned a lot just about Zwift racing in general and then I felt like doing the the men's races at first just really helped me develop my short-term power um, I would say before that I was much more of a steady 20-minute effort was more my strength I felt like and now I almost think it's the reverse where my short-term stuff is actually a lot better than my sustained effort so yeah I think just uh, becoming finding a group that you can that you can kind of keep accountable and and improve with and help motivate really helps I don't really join just like the big general group rides too much on on Zwift and I think some of that's because now my focus has changed where I actually have clear goals and so when I'm not doing uh like a Zwift racing league race I'm rewriting the courses or I was really preparing for worlds and knew I needed to work on my three to five minute power. So I was, you know, doing repeats of something to, to work on that specifically. I think if I was just more general fitness and having fun was the goal, uh, which it still is, but, but I, I have clearer goals now than I used to. Um, I, and I think my, my writing has changed because of that. Yeah. It, it, as you describe it, it really feels like its own thing. Like, you would train differently for that than you would for uh, to do the road race season. Yeah, definitely. And I think it helps so much that you can, you know, the courses ahead of time and you can ride them as many times as you want. So I feel like it really does. The more work you put in to prepare, 
you're actually like rewarded for that and yes you have to have the power but even if you do have the power if you don't put in the time to pre-write the course and know what's coming you can easily get dropped um just because you yeah don't know when they're going to go hard and Zwift racing is somewhat predictable that you like know the parts that they're all going to go hard at and so if you can know when that's coming and position yourself accordingly um or take take the matter into your own hand and, and really force the pace it just helps a lot, I think, to actually put in the preparation for swift racing. And it's so easy to do because you can ride it whenever you want. Are there people on the course when you ride it on some of these, like on the world's course when you're prepping for that? Are there other yeah. people as the general public on that course? Yeah, they only have certain worlds available each day, but you can always make a meetup to like cheat the system, basically. And a lot of people do that. So no matter what world you're in, there are people on it. If it's not one of the given ones of the day, there's generally fewer, um, but there's always people that you're passing and motivating. Huh, uh, that's it's very interesting. It's a whole yeah. interesting thing. How did you end up putting on the stars and stripes? What led you to wearing that uh, awesome looking red, white, and blue jersey? Yeah, they had a uh, continental qualifier race and they announced uh, that was in November of last year. And they announced a couple months probably before that they were going to basically open it up to um, community riders. So they have like the Premier League that are the best, of the best. And then they also have the community division. So at that time, I was racing community with the, the B, the mix, the men's mix B team. And um, so I thought, but I, I met the criteria basically to do the qualifier race. So I thought, why not give it a try? I didn't really know what to expect basically. Um, but the course was actually not, it, it suited me. The climbs were like one to three minute efforts. So they weren't quite as long as what it could have been. So depending on how the race went, I thought I had a chance of hanging in there basically. And yeah, the top, uh, it was supposed to be five. I think they might have changed it to six. I'm not sure. But yeah, the top five or six from that race automatically got a, a spot on their nation's um, team. So yeah, it was mostly the U.S. and Canada that were in our continental race. And I think we had five Americans and one Canadian all qualify to make it to Worlds. Very cool. And I find it interesting. We're near Des Moines, Iowa. You live just outside of Des Moines. Um, Megan Eastler from Des Moines also made the team. I think that's super interesting that the two of you from Des Moines made the world's team. I, I think that's pretty cool. Do you, do you know Megan? Do you ride with Megan? Uh, I've never actually met her in real life somehow. She uh, started racing after I had got pregnant. <laughs> um, so we still haven't met in real life, but we are virtual teammates. So we're both on the Sarah's No Pins team together. And actually, Matt Gardner is the owner of that, and he lives in the Des Moines area too. So it's pretty crazy. I've never met Matt in real life either. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy that three of us are all like connected in this virtual world. Um, so we're hoping to get together here soon. And you all live six miles apart and haven't met. Do you find that most of the people in your virtual world live in northern climates? Are winters horrible here? Like, why Des Moines? What do you think it is about 
here, like, is there a snow, snow effect? I feel like there's a large percentage from the UK, probably because it's rainy and uh, maybe bad traffic, bad roads in, in a lot of areas of that. But yeah, I, I think it's growing everywhere because this, the roads are just getting more and more unsafe with people on their phones. And I think just life, life uh, with COVID, everyone's like working from home more and life is so busy with, with kids and families. I think people are just coming to realize that it's super convenient. It's a super efficient, fun way to get a good workout in. So there probably is a bigger percentage of people that use it that live in bad climates or bad road road conditions. But I think it's just becoming more widely accepted and excited about uh, everywhere. Yeah, I, the roads make sense too, for sure. I didn't think about that. But like, if you lived in Dallas or Phoenix or or uh, Miami, where it's warm out, it may still just be congested roads that would make you want to ride inside so yeah that makes total sense um so let's talk about uh the race world championships uh, every time i pin a number on regardless of whether i think i'm going to be competitive or not i get butterflies in my stomach and get all nervous and um do you feel that before a zwift race yes definitely <laughs> especially big ones how do you deal with that? Like what's, what's your night before morning of a race at like the continental race or the, the world's? Oh, yeah. I don't really deal well with it. Um, I would say nerves is not my, my strong point, but, um, but it is kind of nice. Like with Swift racing, you just go down to your basement or wherever you have it and there's no travel. There's no last minute trips to the bathroom <laughs> that you hope you make it to the start line on time and having little kids it's like that's uh that's still life and it's still going on so it's almost like you're just living your life up until the point of the race so it almost makes it less uh less of a build-up I would say um so like the morning of the world championship race I'm still getting my kids breakfast ready. We went to the grocery store because I was out of bread and I wanted my normal like turkey sandwich at 10 o'clock <laughs> before the race that I usually have for like lunchtime races. So, you know, we're just, we're just living life doing what we usually do. And then, you know, right before the race, you try to kind of just flip that hat and, and change your mindset over and get, get ready to suffer. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So, um, once the gun goes off, you all start together, right? Yep. Um, what's it like? What Talk me through the first third of the race. Yeah, so a lot of Zwift races start pretty quick. Um, I'm not really sure why. That's just the way people do it. They go hot out of the gate, and then it's like one minute really, really hard. The next five or six kind of right right at threshold or so before it settles down i'd say worlds didn't go off quite as hard as some of them this course in particular had basically one defining feature that everyone kind of knew was going to dictate how the race played out so we went off hard but not crazy hard and i felt like everyone was just kind of waiting for that one hill 
um, that we had to do three times and then we finished last time up that hill. Uh, so yeah, my heart rate's always super elevated even before we start. So I don't really even hardly warm up too much because my heart rate's already, <laughs> already super high. Um, but yeah, I feel like once the race starts, I'm able to better settle in and calm down. And at that point, it's just, it's just bike racing and, and I know how to ride a bike. So <laughs> you do know, you know how to ride a bike very well. Um, so let's say everybody, let's say a dozen people like just explode from the gun and you watch them roll away. Are you confident? Like, okay, we can bring them back. Like, does it work like racing on the road a little bit? Uh, most races, I would say it's really hard for breakaways to make it on the Zwift platform, especially. However, the, the pack dynamics is the, the blob speed is so high that it's rare for a breakaway to make it. It's more people falling off the back than it is people going off the front and staying mm. off the front. The right group um, can definitely do it in the right course, but it's, it's pretty rare. Um, so it's more about, yeah, like animating the race and then trying to make other people work to catch the break if you want to do a break it's not that you actually think the break is going to survive if that makes sense mm -hmm. huh, yep yep so you really just kind of want to stay with the blob yeah i always just try to be as lazy as possible and sit at the back of the pack until until i'm ready to <laughs> not <laughs> going up the hill was it any trouble staying with the blob were there attacks were you were people throwing down megawatts? First time up, we actually didn't go. I thought the first time up was going to be really, really hard. We actually didn't go quite as fast as I thought we would. Everyone was kind of watching Ashley Momopasio, who won Worlds the last year. And uh, I felt like everyone yeah, was just kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. And it was hard, but it wasn't unmanageable. Um, but we'd already lost, I think, about half the field after after the first time up. So again, it was just people falling off the back and not necessarily a few people charging hard off the front. Not super duper hard the first time. What kind of watts are you doing going up that thing? Oh, probably 320, probably the first time up, 330 maybe. Wow. And uh -oh, like um, six, six somewhat low six watts per kilo. And that is uh, three to five minutes? Yeah, the climb itself, I think the first lap up we did low 320s. Uh, the men were doing sub threes for sure, but there's kind of a climb before the climb, which almost makes it like a five minute effort. But the actual like time segment of the climb was, yeah, three to three and a half. Are you paying attention to heart rate? Not heart rate because it's especially in a world championship race. I felt like it was going to just not be a, a good thing to look at. It's probably going to be elevated from all the adrenaline and everything, but just I want to know. Yeah. And I watch power, but not really. I mean, I feel like I, I look at power a lot more in training. And then once it comes to a race, so much of a race, you just have to race how other people are racing. So you're more just, just looking at what others are doing and, and riding based off of that. Either you can do it or you can't. And either you want to dictate the pace or you want to follow. So it's more just, yeah, just riding on instinct and riding based on what others are doing. 
I picture like, is this like just getting on a time trial bike and like throwing it down for an hour or it, it sounds like there's actual real live strategy race tactics going on. Yeah. It's basically a real bike race. It's just on yeah, a fake, fake platform. And, and that climb, especially, it's not like it's a sustained 5% climb the whole time. It was very stair steppy. Mm. So you couldn't say I'm going to ride at 350 watts for three minutes. Um, so it was like up, down, up, down, you know, so you want to go hard on the steep parts and then on the flat parts, try to sit in the draft and recover a little bit. So were you on the offense for any part of the day or do you just play defense and stay in the blob for until that last climb? Um, me particularly, my goal was for the race to be as easy as possible for me and then just wait until the last climb up. I know that my biggest strength is my short-term power. I felt like if I could come in as fast as I could into that last climb, that would give me the best chance for it. The American team as a whole, we had some really strong climbers and really strong um, like 20-minute type girls that, that wanted a hard race and could would would deal better with a hard race and we also knew that we needed to tire other people out and make them chase if we wanted to have whoever was left uh whether me fresh or our climbers you know um not quite as fresh but but strong uh so we wanted others to work so that we had a better chance for the finish too so that last lap we kind of took turns sending girls off the front in the hopes of making Ashley Momopasio in particular and the whole uh, GB team work a little bit to try to dampen the legs for the last time up. Hmm. I, I mean, you're describing a road race. I think that's super yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, so talk us up that last climb. Yeah. So before the race, I, I pre-wrote it so many times uh, and I tried so many tactics. I didn't know what the best <laughs> answer was, but I kind of decided that middle stair step section was the steepest. And I wanted to try to basically sprint that as hard as I could in hopes of getting a gap and holding it to the finish. Um, I know my five minute effort is not my strongest point. So I thought if I could wait later, then it would benefit me. And before the climb, the segment, the time part even started, Ashley Momopasio started kind of pushing it off the front and um, a couple girls were following. I, I saw the gap open and I wasn't super near the front and I also just wasn't committed to going that early. So I was like, I'm going to play it cool and <laughs> hold off. Um, so yeah, I watched them go up a little bit and then tried to hit it hard where I wanted to hit it hard on the second stair step and was definitely tired. <laughs> so uh, didn't, yeah, didn't nearly go uh, get the watts that I wanted to at that point and just couldn't close the gap to the, the front group of four enough. Um, and so at that point it was just trying to, yeah, push it as hard as I could to the finish and hold off everyone else that was behind me. And yeah, good enough for fifth on the day. <laughs> yeah, that's super awesome. Any idea what your watts were? It was 350, yeah, 350 something for the last three minute effort. Wow, that's, uh, that's cooking. I would look forward to uh, sitting on your wheel out on the road this summer. Yeah. <laughs> if it's windy, we're going into the wind. I'm putting you in front. I'm just letting you know that. <laughs> um, so fifth place, that's super awesome. You got to be super excited about that. I know we're all excited for you. 
where's this lead? Like, is this a um, uh, avenue to something more? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know when I decide that. Um, when but, you sign your big contract, right? <laughs> but yeah, I I mean, I feel like I'm actually. I'm kind of relieved that Worlds is over because I'd been stressed about it for so long and it was like, I really want to do well at this and, and whatever. But now I, I'm actually still more motivated than I thought I would be after like such a big race. And I'm just, yeah, excited that I, I know I can still improve on Zwift particularly. And then uh, I, you know, go back and forth day to day about how much in real life racing I want to do, but I feel like I'm in good shape and would, if, if life allows, would like to do more real racing, um, like this summer and, and into cross season. But yeah, I, I feel like, uh, you know, fifth is awesome. I'm excited about that, but I'm also super motivated next year. If the course suits me slightly better, I'd love to make it on the podium or win. Um, worlds I don't feel like that at this point that's unrealistic so yeah I'd say it's it's just even more motivating and, and makes me want it even more to to keep working hard that's awesome do you get a virtual rainbow jersey to uh to wear you for get, the year yeah you get a virtual and a real one if you win worlds <laughs> that's that's awesome where do you get to wear the real one yeah, maybe just uh, on your trainer. I'm not sure. But <laughs> if I ever get out of training travel, rides. <laughs> Fair enough. You'd look good in it for sure. Do you think this is a uh, a good avenue? Certainly, we see women come up into the sport, maybe through college and and uh, post college, and then and have kids drop out of the sport for five years or more, 10 years. Um, is this a, a good way, good avenue for moms to stay involved in racing? Definitely. And I think even if you weren't competitive before, there's the sheer number of, of people on Zwift. I feel like if you can find the right group, you're bound to find people that you can connect with and, and just make it more enjoyable. And uh, if you are competitive before, or if you were before, then it's such an easy way to, to keep that competitive edge and, and make you feel like more than a mom, you know? It's a, it's a great way to get and stay in, in shape. Mom or dad, you know, right. if, uh, if the dad is the one who's going to stay home and take care of the kids and put them down for nap time and get them lunch and, and uh, make sure that they're well cared for while uh while mom goes off and work i think it's cool too for kids to to see parents just have have something that they're doing other than watching the kids all day and even when you go outside and ride it's like they see you do it but they don't they see you leave and then they see you come back and they don't actually see you do it and i think as the kids get older too and they watch lift it'll they'll understand a little bit more and, and maybe be excited about bike racing, both virtually and in the real, real world. And just hopefully see, you know, that fitness is important and it's fun and it can be a community thing, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, we are running out of time on zoom here. Congratulations 
again, very excited. We were all celebrating when um, we were down at, uh, actually it was a really good strategy to uh, do that. So you did not have to do serum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, that, that, out. <laughs> that being said, it was a good day at serum, but uh, it looked like it could be a messy, mucky, wet, icky day. Um, so we were all kind of jealous the morning as we're lighting up on serum that, oh, you get to ride inside. But then when we got back to the tap, it was celebration for both you and, and Megan representing yeah. Des Moines and the U.S. very well. Well, congrats, Liz. And uh, I appreciate your time. Super awesome. Yeah. Are you, um, what's your Zwift avatar name? Uh, it's just Liz Van Halen. Oh, that's easy. You well, can figure out how to spell that. <laughs> Good luck. I'll put that in show notes and I'll probably okay. spell that wrong. Anyway, congrats, and we'll look forward to seeing you virtually and out on the open road. Thank you. Take care, Liz. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Bike Talk with Dave. I hope you enjoyed meeting Liz. I feel like she's a great inspiration and role model for young parents who still want to stay in shape and even compete. You can watch the whole race on YouTube. Just look for the UCI World Championships on the Zwift channel. It's a lot like watching a bike race. I hope you keep coming back to Bike Talk with Dave. Again, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, that'd be awesome at buymeacoffee.com. I hope you have a great week and keep the rubber side down. <laughs>